Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, December 27th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks in China gain as the country continues to roll back COVID measures. That's helping to lift U.S. futures as we close out the last trading week of the year. And President Biden declares an emergency in the state of New York because of the winter storm. New York GOP Representative-elect Santos admits he lied about its job experience. Plus, Democrats call Texas Governor Abbott's actions on migrants a dangerous stunt. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Red Hot Nets made it nine wins in a row with a win in Cleveland. Mike White is back as the Jets' starting quarterback. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Hey, good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. And we check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 25 points, up almost seven-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up six-tenths of a percent, or 215 points. And NASDAQ futures up half percent, or 58 points. The DAX in Germany up about eight-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down seven thirty seconds, yield 3.77 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.33 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1% or 81 cents at $80.37 a barrel. Comex gold up 7 tenths percent or $12.30 at 18.16.50 an ounce. The euro 1.0665 against the dollar, the yen 133.32. John. And Karen, as we wait for stocks to begin trading here in the U.S. on this shortened trading week, equities in Asia are higher. China continues to roll back COVID measures, and that's boosting sentiment in the region. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis in Hong Kong. Asian stocks powered higher on the China news of ditching quarantine rules. Travel and consumer goods stocks jumped. It was a risk-on day with U.S. and European equity futures also higher and the dollar lower. Investors also embraced the cooling of a key inflation measure in the United States. Oil and gold also bounced. Indexes of U.S., Asian, and global stocks still remain down about 20% this year. It's the worst annual performance since 2008. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thanks. Well, in geopolitical news, U.S.-China tensions are in focus again. The U.S. is criticizing Beijing's military drills near Taiwan this week. The National Security Council called the exercises provocative and said it will continue to help Taiwan defend itself. Last week, U.S. lawmakers agreed to a spending bill that included $2 billion in weapons funding for Taiwan. And back here in New York, Karen, nasty bout of winter weather has resulted in 28 deaths and crippled parts of the state. And now President Biden has approved a disaster declaration in New York. Let's get more on the story from Bloomberg's Michael Barr. The Buffalo area got at least four feet of snow and more is expected today. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. We have been through a lot of wars together. And this blizzard is the one for the ages. Certainly it is the blizzard of the century. 
Those who died around Buffalo were found in cars, homes, and snowbanks. Some died while shoveling snow. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says they are also dealing with power outages and lack of heat. I myself and my family uh, were without power. Uh, I can tell you at one point uh, the temperature in our home got down to about 40 degrees. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, We had to layer up. Mayor Brown says some people have been without power since Friday. In New York, Michael Barr, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you on the bad weather across the country. Also hitting air travel hard. Let's get that part of the story live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and John. Airlines are scrambling to catch up after a winter storm canceled thousands of flights during the Christmas travel rush. The flight tracking website FlightAware shows more than 2,800 flights grounded today. Southwest was the worst hit, accounting for nearly 75% of cancellations nationwide yesterday. Southwest Senior Director Jim McVeigh. As the storm continued to sweep across the country, the cancellations just compiled one after another. And as a result, we end up with flight crews and airplanes that are out of place and not in the cities that they need to be in to continue to run our operations. McVeigh says the airline is doing everything it can to right the current challenges. Southwest stock is down about 3% in pre-market trading. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. And turning back to the markets, we're closing out the last trading week of a dismal year for equities. The S&P 500 is down more than 19% in 2022. Harder hit has been the tech-heavy Nasdaq, which has lost a third of its value. John Golub is the chief U.S. equity strategist at Credit Suisse. I think that this problem that we've had in tech is not a sentiment problem. It's an earnings problem, and it doesn't last for three or four quarters. It lasts for six or eight quarters. And a lot of these big tech companies that two or three years ago we said they have moats, they're impenetrable, and we talked in those terms, um, a lot of those companies are, are, are getting closer to total addressable market, whether that's in handsets or advertising or other things like that. And that's Jonathan Golub at Credit Suisse. He thinks the resilient consumer will keep the U.S. out of a recession. Well, once a pandemic darling, Peloton disappointed investors last month with a holiday forecast that missed estimates. Now it has a new plan to help recoup some of those losses. And we get the details from Bloomberg's Erica Herskowitz. Peloton released a statement Monday saying it will begin offering refurbished bikes at discounts of up to $500 below new model prices. The price tag on a certified refurbished model will range from $1,145 to $1,995. That's $300 to $500 below current prices. The refurbished bikes come with the same 12-month limited warranty as the new ones and include delivery and setup. The company's all-access membership is sold separately. Shares of Peloton are down 75% this year. Erica Herskowitz, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Erica. Shares of AMC Entertainment continuing their slide this morning. They're down another 7% after falling 17% on Thursday and Friday. The company is proposing to convert preferred equity units into common shares, along with a 10-to-1 reverse stock split. And again, futures are on the rise this morning. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
Karen, thanks. 607 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr with more of what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. Representative-elect George Santos of New York admitted that he lied about his job experience and college education during his successful campaign for a seat in the U.S. House. In an interview with the New York Post and WABC Radio, the Long Island Republican said, my sins here are embellishing my resume. I'm sorry. A lot of people overstate in their resumes or um, twist a little bit or ingrandiate themselves. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I'm just saying I've done so much good work in my career. The New York Times raised questions last week about the life story that Santos had presented during his campaign, including that he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. Neither company could find any records verifying that. In Connecticut, a 22-year veteran of the North Haven Fire Department has died from injuries he sustained while working a blaze at a four-family home. The department identified the firefighter as 46-year-old Matthias Wirtz. The Connecticut State Police are investigating the cause of the blaze, which displaced 13 residents on Christmas night. The Biden administration is accusing Texas Governor Greg Abbott of endangering lives all in the name of politics. Three buses of migrants traveled from Texas and were left in the bitter cold outside the vice president's official residence. Ukraine's foreign minister has said his nation wants a summit to end the war, but he doesn't anticipate Russia taking part. Dmitry Kuleba says that his government wants a peace summit within two months at the United Nations with Secretary General Antonio Guterres as mediator. Every war ends as a result of... uh the actions taken at the battlefield and at the negotiating table. But the balance of what will be won on the battlefield and what will be won at the table, it remains to be seen. Foreign Minister Kuleba also told the Associated Press that Russia must face a war crimes tribunal. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. 610 on Wall Street. And it's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, being brought to you by your Tri-State Audi dealer. And good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, John Tucker. Jets have four quarterbacks. They've used all four. They've started three. Zach Wilson's gone from first string down to third, then up to second, back to first. Now he's back to third string, or maybe it's fourth. But he'll be inactive for the Jets Sunday in Seattle. Mike White has recovered from those injured ribs, so he'll start with Joe Flacco, the backup, and Jets coach Robert Sala was asked where things stand with Wilson. I still think he's got a future here. I still think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Uh, he just he, he needs time to just kind of sit back and continue the development that we we're trying to uh, re-kickstart, if you will, uh, after the New England game. But um, uh, still have him in our future and in our, in our plans. This runs contrary to a report on Fox that the Jets have decided to move on from Wilson after this season. The Colts with their third different starting QB and one-time Super Bowl hero Nick Foles through three interceptions, the Chargers won 20 to three. That clinches an AFC wild card for the Chargers. So there's one AFC spot remaining with Miami leading the Jets, Patriots, and Steelers by one game. Dolphins QB 
Tua Tagovailoa is in concussion protocol as he was earlier this season. The Giants were watching that game last night because they host Indianapolis on Sunday. A Giants win, and they're in the playoffs. Denver four and eleven, just lost by thirty-seven. The Broncos fired coach Nathaniel Hackett. Ninth straight win for the Red Hot Nets. Both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving scored thirty-two. T.J. Warren off the bench for twenty-three. A one twenty-five, one seventeen win at Cleveland. It has the Nets only two games out of first place. In the East, Knicks looked into three-game losing streak tonight. They're in Dallas. The Rangers are home for Washington. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John. All right, John, thanks very much. And the Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer. Get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street this Tuesday morning after the holiday, Dow futures right now 211 points higher. That's up six tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures 25 points higher. That's up seven tenths of a percent. And the tech heavy Nasdaq futures 60 points higher right now. That is up six tenths of a percent. The uh, 10 year yield was at 377. The two year yield was at 434. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And good morning. I'm John Tucker. Well, 2022 has been something of a horror show for technology stocks. Tech-heavy Nasdaq is down 33% since the start of the year. And what is the path ahead? Who better to ask than Dan Eyes, Managing Director at Wedbush Securities. Dan, thanks very much for joining us uh, this morning. What is the outlook for tech stocks in 2023? Look, it's obviously been a disaster year for tech in 2022. And, and I think going 2023, clearly sentiment continues to be negative. But, but we take a little more contrary view. I think a lot of the bad news is baked into tech. I think a lot of these stocks are oversold, and ultimately, we believe tech stocks will be up about 20% in 2023. Can you characterize the sell-off in the space as indiscriminate? Yeah, I'd say it's all been painted with the same brush. I mean, with the Fed continuing to go aggressive on hikes, you've really seen just a massive risk off across the board. Now, a lot of the COVID beneficiaries and some of, you know, the, the what I'll say, the names that really saw the benefit do stocks, some of those are down 70, 80%. But when you look at big tech, I think the difference now is that you're starting to finally see cracks uh, in the armor in terms of growth. And I think that's why big tech sold off as well as what you've seen in terms of China and some of the supply chain issues. Really, it was a perfect storm for tech. We do not expect the same repeat in 2023. So it was uh, more of a uh, than just a sentiment problem. Was it was an earnings problem as well? I'd say about seventy to eighty percent of it was just multiple compression, Fed driven, the ten year, and basically no matter what the risk off asset really got thrown out the window. But I think over the last few months, you've started to see going into what looks like a very softer macro. Some cracks, specifically more in consumer tech. I think social media really front and center. You saw that with Meta. You've seen that also in digital advertising with the likes of Google and others. And, and enterprises actually held up extremely well. But I think investors overall, it's a white knuckles going 2023. And in my view, it's as under-owned as I've seen the tech sector 
since 2009. Uh, are the valuations very attractive at this point? Look, valuations in tech are below their five-year mean. So even when you take out that sort of COVID 18 months, uh, you know, we could call it a bubble that ultimately formed. We're way below that. I mean, we're starting to get back to 17 levels, 18 levels in terms of from a growth perspective. And I think right now investors have started to bake in into a lot of these numbers that that's, you know, earnings still could come down further. But I think a lot of that is already factored in. And when I look at big tech, the likes of a Microsoft and Amazon or Google, you look at cybersecurity as a subsector. I believe there's going to be pillars of strength in tech. And it goes back to, you know, when you come out of the last called dot-com bubble and burst in 08, 09, the best opportunities, the golden opportunities were coming out of those carnages. And I think that's what we're going into in 2023. Yeah, I mean, to preserve the margins, um, tech companies are going to continue to shift focus on some of the operational discipline that we've seen, i.e. layoffs. Well, tech companies, if you look at the last four or five years, a lot of them, I mean, they were spending money like 1980s rock stars. So sometimes increasing 15, 20% workforce per year. And I think during COVID, you saw a huge pull forward. That said, I mean, the clock struck midnight. So now you're starting to see layoffs across tech. But I, I also do think that in a lot of non-strategic areas, <clears throat> I think strategically areas like cloud, digital advertising, and others, you're going to continue to see growth as well as M&A. But I think this is really just after being Teflon-like the last decade, tech has finally started to see some softness, and that's why you're seeing the layoffs accordingly. Hey, uh, can you call a bottom for, let's get some of the individual names, Tesla stock. The shares of Tesla, they've taken, what, a 64% dive this year? Yeah, and a lot of that, I'd say the vast majority is must Twitter-driven. I mean, because of that fiasco, train wreck situation with Twitter, that's really been the major overhang on Tesla. And we do believe Tesla stock is ultimately oversold here. But but a lot of this is really how Musk handles this going forward. Does he get a CEO in sooner rather than later of Twitter? And ultimately, when it comes to electric vehicles, I mean, Tesla continues to really be the market share leader. I just think that continues to be a name where Musk ultimately really determines what's going to happen here. We do believe that you know the bottom is likely in on Tesla. Dan Ives, the managing director at Wedbush Securities, taking a look at some of the tech uh, names this morning for us in the overall market. Dan's going to rejoin us in just a moment. And as we look ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, the Nasdaq E-mini futures right now 62 points higher. That's up six-tenths of a percent. S&P futures, they're 25 points higher, up seven-tenths of a percent. And right now the Dow futures are up 212 points Again, up seven-tenths of a percent on this Tuesday morning. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
And I'm Karen Moscow. Equities on the rise this morning while the dollar declines amid positive sentiment from China's rollback of COVID isolation measures and the cooling of a key inflation gauge in the U.S. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 26 points or 7 tenths of a percent. Dow futures up 6 tenths of a percent or 214 points. NASDAQ futures up 6 tenths of a percent or 65 points. The DAX in Germany is up 3 quarters of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 7.30 seconds, yield 3.77 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.34 percent. And NYMEX crude oil is up 1 percent or 81 cents at $80.37 a barrel. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Biden has approved New York's emergency declaration as the death toll from a pre-Christmas blizzard that paralyzed the Buffalo area and much of the country has risen to 28. The dead have been found in their cars, homes, and in snowbanks. Meanwhile, thousands of flights were canceled or delayed, and more are scrapped for today. South Korea sent drones across the border into North Korea. It is an unprecedented tit-for-tat military move after Kim Jong-un's regime dispatched five unmanned aerial vehicles into its airspace. Monday night football, the Chargers beat the Colts 23. In the NBA, the Nets won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John? Michael, thank you. It's coming up on 624 on Wall Street. I'm John Tucker. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's continue our focus on the technology sector this morning with Dan Ives, Managing Director at Wedbush Securities. Dan, at the intersection of tech investing and monetary policy, let's talk about some of the wild cards that are out there for technology in 2023, interest rate policy. Uh, what's the expectation and what is the ultimate impact on technology? Well, ultimately, that's really been the black cloud over tech and risk assets. I mean, as the Fed continues to be on this hawkish path, you know, toward ultimately combating inflation, you know, are they in the seventh inning, eighth or ninth? Now, the one thing, it feels definitely like in the first sort of quarter to half 2023, the Fed will be done with those hikes. And that's the important thing is that right now, that's the biggest variable that I think in terms of investors really diving into the deep end of the pool and risk assets. It's Fed driven, it's 10 year driven. So we we were starting against that eighth, ninth inning. That, that's why we'd be bullish on tech here. Can you further differentiate those names that are more consumer-facing? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think when you look at names that have really taken on the chin, the uppercuts, it's names like Amazon, you know, which obviously is very heavily exposed in terms of the consumer trends. But on some of the parts, if you look at the cloud business, I think that's an undervalued piece. You look at Meta. I mean, Zuckerberg and Facebook, that's really been, you know, what's been a disaster year in terms of 2022 because of that aggressive, what we believe, risky move, uh, ultimately on the metaverse strategy. And, and now it's really about them peeling that back and focused on social media. And, and then you look at other names, of course, you look at names like Alphabet in terms of Google and some of these other digital advertising players. But, but like I was saying before, I believe there's going to be a lot of M&A, and I think a lot of these stocks are baking in almost Armageddon-like news. And that's why any relief we get, I think tech could rip a lot higher. And at the end of your note that you passed along, you have favorite cloud names, favorite cybersecurity names, favorite under-the-radar names, uh, favorite overall tech name, top M&A candidates. 
Let's go right through the list, if you would. Start with the favorite cloud names. Yeah, so favorite cloud names, uh, Microsoft, in our opinion, continues to be the best way to play cloud uh, in terms of the strength that we're seeing in Redmond. And I think that's going to be a resilient area of spend, you know, despite some of the macro storm clouds. I also look at Salesforce.com. I mean, that's a name kind of been thrown out in the garbage here. I think there's going to be more activism. There's a core cloud theme there in terms of Salesforce. I also think Amazon and the cloud piece is a way to play that as well. And real quick, the uh, the favorite cybersecurity names? Favorite cyber, I love names like Palo Alto, Checkpoint, CyberArk, as well as Tenable, uh, Zscaler, and CrowdStrike are those names in the left lane. I think cybersecurity is going to be what I view as a rock Gibraltar sector, uh, just given the threat levels that we're seeing in 2023. And uh, let's do top M&A candidates real quick, like 15 seconds here. Yeah, top M&A, I think in cyber and cloud, we're going to see those. Those are names like Veronis, Qualis, Tenable, could see a rapid seven. I think there's going to be just a tidal wave of M&A that hits tech in 2023. And I'll do this last one for you. The favorite overall tech name is Apple. <laughs> Dan, always a pleasure. We appreciate it. Dan Ives at Wedbush Securities setting us up for the new year with technology. And as we look at the uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ index, it is right now 70 points higher, uh, the uh, tech futures. Just ahead, this morning's top stories plus your local headlines at a check out the markets. But first, let's get a look at today's Bloomberg weather forecast with Rob Carolyn. Gradual clearing today. Highs in the Tri-State area should be around 35 this afternoon. This looks to be the coldest day out of the work week. will be warmer by the weekend. Clear skies tonight, lows 25 to 30. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine. It should be 40 to 45 tomorrow afternoon. Partly cloudy with a low of 30 to 35 tomorrow night. The outlook for Thursday, sunny and 45 to near 50. I'm Rob Carolyn with your three-day forecast on Bloomberg 1130. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Guys, coming up on 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Innovation Refunds. Your business may be eligible to receive a payroll tax refund. The application takes around eight minutes, eight minutes or less, to see if your small to medium-sized business may be eligible for a refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on the payroll during the pandemic. Find out at GetRefunds.com. Up first, U.S. Futures and stocks overseas are higher this morning. The boost in sentiment comes as China scraps more COVID rules. Now Beijing plans to end its quarantine rules early next month. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. This marks the end of China's three years of COVID isolation. People arriving in China will only need a negative COVID test within 48 hours of departure. Up until now, arrivals had to quarantine for eight days. The government said it would handle visa applications for foreigners for everything from business and study to family reunions. And outbound tourism will also resume quickly. This could be very good for Europe and other destinations. Travel and consumer goods stocks jumped. 
In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Brian. Stocks in China gained more than 1% overnight, and that is giving a lift to U.S. futures as we close out the last trading week of the year. It's been a dismal 2022 for the bulls, with the S&P 500 down more than 19%. But Credit Suisse U.S. equity strategist Jonathan Gollop sees a rebound for next year. If you do have oil lift off, and then you actually get some upside in the more commodity-sensitive stuff like the EMP name and the service names, the sector is going to be a really big surprise. It's absolutely our topic. Jonathan Gollop at Credit Suisse predicts the S&P 500 will close at 4050 next year. Well, John, another major story we're following this morning, the bad weather continuing to hamper air travel across the country. We get the latest live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and John. It's a good thing Santa doesn't fly southwest. Otherwise, he may never have left the North Pole. The airline accounts for roughly 75% of cancellations nationwide yesterday. Southwest stock is down in pre-market trading. Senior Director Jim McVeigh explains the storm caused a ripple effect, leaving the airline to play catch-up. As the storm continued to sweep across the country, the cancellations just compiled one after another. And as a result, we end up with flight crews and airplanes that are out of place and not in the cities that they need to be in to continue to run our operations. McVeigh says Southwest is doing everything it can to right the challenges it faces. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Innovation Refunds. Again, futures are higher this morning with S&P futures up 26 points, Dow futures up 224, and NASDAQ futures up 64. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. And thanks, Karen. 6.31 of Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. President Biden has approved a state of emergency as a winter nightmare continues in the Buffalo area. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has at least 28 people have died. We still have scores and scores of vehicles that were abandoned when people left during the storm. Governor Hochul called it the blizzard of the century. Representative-elect George Santos admitted he lied about his job experience and college education during his successful campaign for a House seat. The Long Island Republican spoke with City and State, aired on ABC7, about questions on his campaign website that he was Jewish. I always joke, I'm Catholic, but I'm also Jew. Ish, as in ish. Uh, and I've made that joke because growing up, I grew up fully aware that my grandparents were Jewish, came from, from a Jewish family, and they were refugees to Brazil. And that was always the story I grew up with, and I've always known it very well. Santos says he plans to take office next month. New York police officials say they've captured a suspect they say is responsible for knifing to death by a pediatrician in a Manhattan park and another man who had just left a bar in the East Village. The Biden administration is calling out the governor of Texas. A busload of migrants arrived in Washington, D.C. on Christmas Eve in 16-degree weather without warning at the official residence of Vice President Harris. Ukraine's foreign minister is calling for a peace summit with the U.N. Secretary General as mediator. We think that the best, the United Nations could be the best venue for holding this, uh, this summit because this is not about making a favor to a certain country. This is really about bringing everyone on board. Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba told the Associated Press Russia must face a war crimes tribunal. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. 
Michael, thank you. It is now 6.34 on Wall Street. And time for the Bloomberg uh, Sports Report, brought to you by your Tri-State Audi dealer. Good morning, John Stashow. All right, John. Earlier this season, the Nets were a mess. Started 1-5, and 9-11. They fired the coach. There was the whole Kyrie Irving saga. But the Nets just won at Cleveland, 125-117, with both Kyrie and Kevin Durant scoring 32 points. They combined to make 12 of 19 three-pointers. And the Nets have won nine in a row. 13 of 14, their coach is Jacques Vaughn. When we came back as a group, we kind of pledged to each other that it was going to be about basketball and um, hopefully not let anything interfere, any outside noise uh, interfere with that. And our guys have done an unbelievable job of protecting each other and uh, making this thing about basketball. Next play tomorrow in Atlanta. Knicks are in Dallas tonight. Monday Night Football Chargers beat the Colts 20-3. L.A. is in the playoffs. One wild card spot left in the AFC with slumping Miami. Leading the Jets, Patriots, and Steelers by one game. The Dolphins visit the Pats Sunday in Miami QB. Tua Tungvaloa back in concussion protocol. Jets Sunday visit Seattle. Mike White returns as starting QB with his injured ribs having healed. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, Bloomberg's John Stashower brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off of the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. And head of the cash open on Wall Street for this Tuesday morning. Futures in the green. The Dow futures up 215. S&P futures up 25. The NASDAQ futures 58 points higher. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And at 635 on Wall Street, Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk on KTRH in Houston. We're talking about a bounce back in restaurant staffing. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WLW in Cincinnati, I'll be talking about the National Retail Federation report that says nearly one out of five holiday gifts will be returned by the recipients. I'm Kimberly Adams, and on WBZ in Boston, I'll be reporting on city officials considering a possible cap on cannabis shops. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WTAM in Cleveland, I'm reporting that Toyota says its global output hit a record for November. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. And uh, time now for the Bloomberg Small Business Report. Let's get that from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. Are you looking to improve your email marketing but not sure where to start? Business Insider turned to the advice of a few small business owners who have seen their subscribers skyrocket. To find the right platform to use, they suggest crowdsourcing for information. Reach out to friends to get their opinion, post on Facebook groups for advice, see what your competition is using, and reach out to the software company itself with any questions. Next, give people something in exchange for their email address. That's low effort for you, but high value to the customer, like slides to a past workshop or an easy giveaway. And to find out what content works best, look at the data, which emails receive the best engagement and open rates. Try A-B testing your subject lines, which most email marketing services allow you to do. And don't be afraid to ask your subscribers what they like. An email poll twice a year goes a long way. And that's the Bloomberg Small Business Report. 
All right, thanks, Lisa. Don't love what you got for Christmas? Well, you're not alone. Bloomberg's Erica Herskowitz reports... Were you one of those people who had to fake loving what Santa left you under the tree? Well, don't feel so bad. A new report is predicting consumers will return more than $1.4 billion in holiday orders this season. The study by software company Salesforce says that's a 57% increase from 2021. U.S. online sales were also up 5% to $245 billion. The report noted that part of the uptick could be from shoppers who purchased gifts earlier this year and repurchased them later for a better discount. Erica Herskowitz, Bloomberg Radio. All right, thanks, Erica. And just ahead, we'll uh, take a look at the top stories in the nation's capital. And we're going to be joined by Terry Haynes of Pangea Policy. S&P futures right now, 25 points higher. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Tatiana Darie. Tatiana, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Like you said, it's green on the screen after the long Christmas weekend. Dow futures higher by 221 points. S&P's up 25 and NASDAQ up 56. The U.S. 10-year yield higher by three basis points to three spots, 77 this morning. Oil is up one while the dollar is weaker by two tenths. Elsewhere, European stocks are higher at this hour while Asian stocks were mixed overnight. And back in the U.S. on the economic front, wholesale inventories at 8.30 and the house price index at nine. In early trading, U.S. listed Chinese stocks are moving higher after China's decision to reopen its borders. Alibaba, JD.com up more than 2%, among others. One Chinese company moving lower, though, is electric car maker Neo, down 3% after cutting its delivery outlook and warning of sales challenges. That's weighing on Tesla, too, down nearly 4% here this morning. After a separate report, the company will run a reduced production schedule at its Planned in Shanghai. And wrapping things up, Southwest Airlines down four amid more flight cancellations due to the winter storm. Live from the first and breaking news desk, I'm Tatiana Daria. Karen. All right, Tatiana, thank you. And to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S Q U A W K. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The death toll from a pre Christmas blizzard that paralyzed the Buffalo area and much of the country has risen to twenty eight in western New York. The dead have been found in their cars, homes, and in snowbanks. Meanwhile, President Biden approved an emergency declaration for western New York. The Biden administration criticized Beijing's military drills near Taiwan this week as provocative. It insists it will continue helping the government in Taipei defend itself. Monday night football, the Chargers beat the Colts 23 in the NBA. The Nets won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 642 on Wall Street. And we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. China is reopening its borders to the world by removing the final COVID-0 restrictions. Starting January 8th, Beijing will no longer require inbound travelers to quarantine. They'll only have to obtain a negative COVID test within 48 hours. Meanwhile, the Chinese government may also reduce the frequency of reporting cases, ultimately changing to a monthly report. Acquisition talks between crypto lenders Nexo and Vault have not yet resulted in an agreement as Vault shares down, or rather as Vault stares down a January 20th deadline to present a restructuring plan to creditors. Vault and Nexo entered talks about a deal in July after Singapore-based Vault froze withdrawals and hired advisors to explore a potential restructuring. Crypto lending has been devastated this year amid the collapse of entities like Hedge Fund 3 Arrows Capital and the FTX Alameda Empire. And Apple may be getting a tax bill overseas. The Nikkei is reporting Apple faces about $98 million in back taxes in Japan, a bill that appears to be tied to bulk sales of duty-free devices to foreign tourists. The report says Apple halted tax-free shopping in June as believed to have filed an amended tax return. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John. Karen, thank you very much. It is now 6.44 on Wall Street. Time to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include, uh, Michael Barr told you about a couple of these, a New York congressman-elect admitting to lying about his professional background and education history, the U.S. criticizing China military drills near Taiwan, calling it provocative, a Carrie Lake's bid to overturn Arizona election results rejected by a judge. And let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories and more with our next guest, Terry Haynes of Pangea Policy. I'm going to call him the pride of Pittsburgh. Uh, Terry, good morning to you. <laughs> hope you. Hope you had a great holiday. Um, let's start off with, uh, I think somebody called it uh, problems about uh, candidate quality. Is uh, this New York congressman uh, uh, elect uh, one of those uh, problem candidates for the Republican Party? This is uh, George, George Santos, by the way. Yes, yes. Good morning. Good morning, John. And, yes, I will take the Pride of Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> uh, title. Thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, my parents will be most proud. Anyway, the uh, yeah, Santos is in a bit of trouble, I think. Uh, at the same time, the bar, for, uh, the bar for something like an expulsion is very, very high. Uh, there have been 20 expulsions from the House of Representatives in the history of the Congress and 17 of those are as a result of uh, supporting the uh, treason and conspiracy uh, as a result of supporting the Confederacy. Uh, we haven't had an expulsion in the House since 2002 when uh, Jim Trafficant of Ohio got expelled for being convicted uh, of a bunch of things. So uh, the bar is pretty high on expulsion to answer the question of New York voters. But uh, but at the same time, he may end up getting uh, censured or, or face some other kind of discipline. Uh, but uh, yeah, this, I mean, this sort of resume padding uh, goes on, you know, both inside and outside the Congress uh, these days. And uh, you know, so he's gonna he's gonna face a bunch of questions. Were were senior members of the party aware of this? And I don't know, it's, where were they? I, do, I doubt I doubt that very much. Uh, you know, it, it is not. You know, the thing is. Uh, about this is that, you know, first of all, if you're a candidate, uh, you know, you're not, you know, they, they figure you're not, uh, 
you're not going to be vetted uh, particularly. They figure the voters vet you. And, uh, and after, uh, after you're elected, you become subject to the discipline of the House uh, when you become a member, and uh, really not before. So, you know, Mr. Sandoz saying I'm sorry is, uh, is an interesting way to, right before he becomes a member, is an interesting way to deal with this. But he'll be under a cloud for the entire, uh, for the entire time. And I suspect, uh, you know, I, I suspect that uh, the New York Republicans won't, uh, won't want him around after this particular term. And, you know, frankly, we'll support another candidate and uh you know he'll be a virtual pariah in the house i think so uh yeah. his, his tenure as a uh, as an elected official is going to be pretty short terry i didn't headline this one but i want you to weigh in on you know who says there's no bipartisanship in congress we we actually got a spending bill ominous uh spending bill passed uh over the holiday or before yeah, the holiday uh, yeah you, you know we did and uh you know my view of this, John, is that, and you and I have talked about this before, is that generally is that there's not two, two political parties in Congress. There's four factions. Uh, going from left to right, you have progressive Democrats, centrist Democrats, centrist Republicans, and conservative Republicans. Uh, you know, you get any two of those four aligned, and then, you know, things start to get, to get serious one way or the other. Uh, the centrists are always in, in, in alignment on uh, on spending. So, you know, you, you're going to get a bipartisan deal on spending as we have each of the last 10 or 11 years. And, you know, I think we continue to get that, frankly. And, uh, you know, it, it, by and large, what we're going to get in the Congress is we're going to get gridlock on all kinds of domestic issues, uh, whether it be social or, or otherwise. Uh, we're going to get continued uh, uh, centrist uh, bipartisanship on spending. And we're going to get uh, continued almost unanimity in foreign policy. So, you know, the the spending bill in some ways is a precursor and a uh, precursor to exactly uh, what's likely to happen in the next Congress, I think. Uh, Spending and foreign policy at the intersection, we have Ukraine. Are Republicans getting weary of uh, spending money on Ukraine? Just about 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it's weariness so much. They're interested more in accountability. If you listen to a lot of them, uh, what they'll say is we're interested in making sure that uh, the money's being spent well. And fair enough, they should. That's part of their function as uh, as the Congress. Uh, but I continue to think they're going to support the, U- the Ukraine war, and you're not going to see any backtracking from that. Terry, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. And uh, have a great New Year if I if I don't talk to you. Terry Haynes of Pangea Policy, and you could read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Also a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 at 105.7 FM HD2. Ahead of the cash open on Wall Street for this uh, last trading day of the week, this Tuesday morning, Dow futures right now up 221 points. That's up seven-tenths of a percent. S&P, Humidity Futures, up 26 points. And the NASDAQ futures right now up 61 points. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are on the rise this morning, and we check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. S&P futures up seven-tenths of a percent. So are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures up six-tenths of a percent. S&P futures again up 26 points. Dow futures up 223. And NASDAQ futures up 63. The DAX in Germany is up eight-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds. Yield 3.77 percent. They yield on the two-year 4.34 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up nine-tenths percent, or 72 cents at 80 28 cents a barrel. Comex gold up 7 tenths percent or $13.30 at 18.17.60 an ounce. The euro 1.0654 against the dollar, the N133.26. And Bitcoin, little changed at about $16,800. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. John. Uh, Karen, thanks very much. Appreciate it. 6.56 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at some of the stocks. Uh, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. I know you heard our uh, fantastic interview earlier this morning with uh, Bloomberg's Alan Wan in Shanghai. He seems to think, from his perspective, those restrictions in China, the COVID restrictions, are pretty much over. They're not coming back, no matter what. It's that, a, I imagine, well, it is having an impact on stocks this morning. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a sentiment that's really, I, I think, driving the action that you're seeing in the equity markets around the world. But we love to look at our poster child for China for China stories, uh, like Alibaba, for example, BABA is the ticker, of about 2.3% in the pre-market. Remember, this comes after, to your point, they are going to reopen the borders. But the idea here is that they're not going backwards. Remember, reopenings are messy historically. And China has kind of taken uh, one step forward, three steps back. That's at least have been their approach. But this to completely scrap their entire quarantine restrictions for all foreigners starting January 8th. And that, too, a timeline, by the way, that's uh, kind of coming to fruition. Tom Orlick of Bloomer Economics has uh, – a China expert, if you will, our local China expert, he says that he expects that full reopening by the end of March. So um, the timeline here is really interesting. Why is, why is Alibaba like the poster child, though? Why is this the bellwether for China? Well, it's kind of a – one, it's obviously listed here. So U.S. listed ADRs. It's also a massive e-commerce company, so you kind of get a little bit of a gauge when right. it comes to Chinese spending patterns uh, specifically. Also, it actively competes with the likes of Amazon. So – uh, we like to look at it as our as our poster child. But you can see it in some of the other stocks as well. Pinduoduo, for example, PDD, another uh, e-commerce company, up about 2.5% in the pre-market. JD.com, if you will, as well. Um, and even Billy Billy, B-I-L-I. Uh, those shares are all up about, to tune about 3%. I can morning. say there's nothing worse in the, well, there's, there are a lot of things worse, but one thing that really stinks is when you're in an airport and your flight gets canceled and there's no alternative. And you try to call customer service and it just, like, hangs up on you. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, a lot of that happening with Southwest at the moment, uh, specifically because they're, about 80% of their flights were grounded or canceled. So you really saw a lot of pain there. And that was one of the kind of issues that now the Department of Transportation is actively looking into, saying that, well, the travel chaos is usually pretty normal, like this Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, et cetera. You see these kind of uh, moves, but this is taking it to another level. So LUV is your ticker there for Southwest. Here's down, get this, 4%, uh, quite a little bit of pain. But you want to keep an eye on some of those other airlines, American. Delta as well. Right now, they're not doing a whole lot and really a lot of pain in, in Southwest Airlines. Uh, I was talking to Dan Ives earlier, and he thinks um, a Tesla has hit bottom. <laughs> just like, I just want to underscore I that mean, this morning. It's one of the most active in the pre-market Tesla shares, and they're down. Right. Pretty always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent 
Kriti Gupta. And uh, looking at stocks ahead of the open on Wall Street, Dow futures right now up 219. S&P E-mini futures 25 points higher. And the Nasdaq E-mini futures, they're up 59. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Live from the financial capital of the world, broadcasting across the globe, this is WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1130. 2023 is very likely going to be the year of recession. We might skirt a recession. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.